podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Club Deck Corner here at Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. It's myself, Ali Pearson, who will be hosting the show tonight. Uh, Carney is moving into his new house, which you would all have seen on Facebook. So he's busy doing that and he's left it in the capable hands of myself. And my guest today is none other than Scott Gemmell. How are you doing today, Scotia? Yeah, afternoon, Pearson. Not bad at all. Yeah, as I was saying to you off air there, um, this could turn into a bit of disaster without Carney's uh, calming influence. And uh, But hopefully we'll get through it all right. Well, I've done a, we've done quite a lot of shows. I know Carney's been with us, but... Yeah, hope, hopefully we can do him proud and, and do a good show. I know there's a lot of talking points to get through, but yeah, we'll get on with it. First, but first of all, I would like to say condolences to the royal family and Her Majesty the Queen. Obviously, Prince Philip sadly passed away at the age of 99. He was two months away from his 100th birthday, which is some innings in him. Um, Scotia, what's your, what's your thoughts thoughts on that one? Obviously, you'll pass your condolences on. Yeah, Send my condolences to the royal family. Yeah, it's um, a sad day. I know he's obviously been ill recently, um, but it's never nice to hear when that happens. Um, such a, a big, important figure in British history over the last what, seven, eight decades, you know, in public life. Um, when it was, yeah, sad day. That's all my condolences to the, the royal family yeah. and Her Majesty. Yeah, I see. Obviously, Rangers put a tweet out not that long ago. The, the flags are at half mast. I assume they'll have a minute silence on Sunday as well. So, yeah, the SPFL confirmed that. Have they? Right. Okay. Okay. But yeah, no. As a club at 22, I'm sure Carney will as well pass on our condolences. But into the world of Rangers, there's a lot to get through, Scotia. So we'll need to get stuck right into it. Um, last game was Cove Rangers, convincing 4-0 win, um, which leads us nicely into the old firm date is now being confirmed by Premier Sports. Now, everyone had a fear with Premier Sports because they give us mad times. It could have been anything, but they've given us a bit of a present, I think, in a Saturday four o'clock kickoff. What is your thoughts on that one? My immediate thoughts were I was stunned that we were getting given this. 4pm on a Saturday afternoon for an old firm game is absolutely brilliant. You know, gone are the days, I can recall watching old firm games at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, but that no longer happens these days. So to get it, it's ideal. I've seen the other game that Premier Sports have got selected for their their broadcasts the Sunday after. It's not a terrible time, but the Saturday 4 is ideal. It's uh, right, right up there with the best kind of times you could get. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I just assumed it would be the Sunday. I thought I'd have to take the Monday off work. I'm back full days on Mondays at work, and I thought, no, I'm going to have to take that off as a as a holiday. I bet there's a lot of guys out there going, oof, we don't need to use a day's holiday now to lie with a hangover. It's on a Saturday, 4 o'clock. Would they have had that? If we were allowed in the stadium, I very much doubt it. To be honest, I'm sure Police Scotland would have something to say, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, say, four yeah. o'clock kickoff on a Saturday is perfect time for an old firm in a game of football. Uh, I was so, the same with the. I was the same with the fear that I was going to have to take Monday off. Um, does this game mean something? I think the last game, although it's an old firm, so it does have a bit of meaning, but it was a dead rubber kind of game to it. So um, yeah, I mean, we'll touch on the old firm. Next week, obviously, Club Deck Corner and, and coming up to it, so we'll, we'll touch on it then. But 
Yeah, just diving into the kind of Rangers news straight away. Tav has signed a two-year extension to 2024. I think Tav's 29 at the moment. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was absolutely delighted when this happened. It was one of the ones we talked about maybe back in January time that you know we'd like to see Tav get a contract extension offered. He just thoroughly deserves it. He's been here since, what, 2015-16 season? You know, that 2024 takes him up to nearly a decade. Rangers, if he stays that whole period, it secures him down. It's kind of twofold. It obviously secures him down, provides him with a bit, a bit of a, an award for his performances this season and his influence this season. I mean, I think I'll look at that squad and I would say him, Alfredo and Jack are three that probably deserve it the most, probably along with Davis and McGregor a wee bit in terms of righting the wrongs the past, you know, they obviously left after we'd lost the league um, and then get demoted down. So delighted for that. And then secondly, what it also does is it means that no one's going to be coming in and stealing them away on the cheap. You know, if someone was to come in and was to go, decided that he wanted to go, that extra couple of years in his contract boosts up his transfer fee, but hopefully it won't come to that. Yeah, I honestly think, I think Tav's He's happy in Glasgow. He's captain of the biggest the biggest club in the world to us, Glasgow Rangers. Like you say, six years in. And fair play, I think he deserves to lift this trophy more than more than anyone else this year. I mean, you remember Tav, yeah, Chris Sutton's and everyone else were calling him a serial loser and he wasn't good enough and all this. He could have easily, after a couple of years, went, nah, I'm I'm leaving. But he stuck around I mean, this the beginning of this season, the first half of the season, he was unbelievable. I mean, streaks ahead of other players in terms of player of the year. Obviously, he's been injured. You get a player of the year will be a completely. Well, that's not a talking point in terms of if you get a Davis McGregor's, a few other contenders in there. But yeah, I'm delighted. I, I love to have what he offers Rangers. You see, when he's not there, we miss him. We do miss him and. Obviously, we've got young Nathan Patterson there, who's obviously, you can see, he's learning off the tab. So, yeah, I'm delighted to have him tied down. And he might could potentially not finish his career at Rangers, but if he's there to 2024, yeah, that's a long time. And he's not, I know he's got two young kids, and I just think he's settled at Rangers. He's got Champions League football next year. I, I just think he, he gets Rangers. And from his interview, he said, this is just the beginning, basically. Winning 55, I know we've won 55 and it's a big relief off everyone's shoulders, but we just can't, we can't rest in winning a league now and we need to motor on from it and he gets that. So, no, I was delighted. And obviously in the back of that today, um, Balogun has kicked in his contract extension to 2022 as well. What's your thoughts on, um, on Balogun signing for another year? Yeah, that's good. I had it in the back of my mind that it already happened, <laughs> and I was going to say it at the the weekend there, but I was like, maybe I'm maybe misremembering that. So yeah, it came out today, and I was like, yeah, I definitely misremembered it. But no, it's good to get him tied down. He's played a very important part in the team. You know, this season at centre half, particularly when Hellander's been out injured, um, sorry, what he was out for a wee period in December, he's come in, slotted in, excellent way with Goldson, and it's a kind of really rotate. Hellander and Balogun and there's not a marked drop off in kind of the quality in the back it's two centre halves um, so yeah delighted he's signed up but obviously it gives us quite a lot of options 
moving into next season as well um, in terms of centre halves. Yeah, I, me and Carney touched on um, Katic, who's obviously back yeah. training. It it leaves us with top heavy in centre halves, to be honest. Obviously, you get George Edmondson, which we'll, hopefully, we'll probably look to move on in the summer. I thought Katic would go out and loan for six months, possibly. I can't see him getting into those centre-back positions because Balogun and Hollander, to me, have nailed down that that spot beside Goldson. So, and obviously, you've got Simpson, Simpson there as well. So, yeah, I, I like Balogun. I think me and you said he was the kind of signing of the season. I think we probably meant it in kind of value for money in terms of we, we got him on a free. He's been brilliant. You look at the other side of the city when they... Paid two million for Shane Duffy <laughs> and 40, 40 grand a week. They, they would snap your hand off for a Balogun in their team. I know he does have like, the odd bomb scare moment in him, but no, he's he's been a great signing Balogun for us this year, and he's a Nigeria internationalist as well. So no, I was I was delighted with that. So that's that's more people signed up for next year, and it's keeping that team together as good as we can. So no, I was delighted. But next piece of news is. Obviously not as good as what we've just been talking about there. It's uh, back to the Cadella Camara UEFA investigation. Obviously Cadella wasn't in the the team last night to face Arsenal last night. I did watch that game and they got a last minute equaliser Slavia Prague, which was disappointing. But you don't know what Arsenal's going to Arsenal team is going to turn up half the time. So, um, but yeah, in terms of this, obviously. Kamara's potentially looking at a five-game ban for this well, so-called alleged assault on Cadella, and Cadella's looking at a ten-match ban. What's what's your your thoughts on this? I mean, it's a soap opera on its own, to be honest. But have you got any thoughts on this? Yes, yeah, yeah, I kind of knew it was going to be coming. Certainly, the Cadella thing, because it's the, the what they've basically come to the conclusion is they're now opening up proceedings against them for potential violations of it. So obviously Cadell has been charged under kind of two of the articles of the disciplinary disciplinary regs, and Kamara has been charged with that one for serious assault, I think it is, based on the accusations, which in my mind are false accusations from uh, the Slavia team. So kind of knew it was going to become, it's just opening the proceedings up. You know, obviously Cadella didn't play last night because he was hit with a almost one game automatic ban because he has been charged or looking into getting charged with racial abuse. Um, so that gets automatically, you get one game on. Um, yeah, you kind of knew, yeah, if we were going to bring this up, I'm disappointed that Kamara's even in the discussion. It should just purely be down on Cadella, I think, in that part. Um, I don't even think that's the clouded blue tinted specs on. Um, yeah, I knew it was going to happen, really. Um, it's, it's disappointing that Kamara's involved in disciplinary proceedings. So we'll yeah. just have to really wait and see the outcome. It's, it's disappointing, but I think when this all happened, we all knew UEFA probably wouldn't do what they should do. I mean, this guy should have been hammered to put an example out there to other other players that want to do this. I mean, why you would want to do that is beyond me, but we all knew UEFA would do this. I mean, Kamara did a sit-down interview ITV last night. I don't know if you've seen it, but he said, looking back on it, if he could, if he could be in that position again, he would have walked off the park. He did say Gerard was trying to get him to ask him, "Do you want to go off the park?" But at that point, his 
is headed kind of gone, to be honest. So he said if he could turn back turn back time, he would walk off the park. And he said he was ashamed as well, which is which is shocking. And he showed his phone, all the emojis in terms of in terms of what he gets on a, a daily basis. And it's shocking. And it kind of leads on to what Rangers are, are going to do for a, a full week. As of yesterday, they're going to boycott all social media platforms. And what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think this is something that obviously Rangers have, the players and the management staff have sat down with the club and spoke about and decided that something needs to be done because it's becoming, yeah, the stuff that I'd seen in that ITV segment, um, with the messages, they're absolutely horrible seeing that. I mean, I'm, I don't have to deal with that. I can't imagine what it's like having to deal with that on a daily basis. It must be horrible. Um, so I think Rangers have made a really progressive step in sort of trying to raise more awareness, keep it in the spotlight. Um, I know Kamara's lawyer, Amar Anwar, I've seen a tweet from him earlier this week, maybe even today, that um, he's been getting the same same type of messages himself. You know, it's happening too often though, throughout football. I know the, there was Liverpool players, I think it was Alexander-Arnold, Kieta and Manny, all received racial abuse on their social media pages. There was a Valencia player at the weekend there that was racially abused on the park as well. Um it's, it seems to just to be getting worse and worse when it should be getting better and better, you would like to think. Yeah, I honestly don't think it's going to be put out of football. I really don't. I think I think they've alluded to it. Kamara and um, Roof have said it and Goldson. Unless something major happens to one of these players, then it's just going to, it's just going to rumble on. But yeah, unfortunately, moving on from that, we're going to go on to, obviously this will be Dear to your heart, Scotia, as a Scotland fan, Hamden has been given the go-ahead by UEFA today, given the go-ahead for 25% fans back for the Euros, which I think is roughly just over 12,000 fans. Now, when this first came about, we had a discussion about Scottish Cup semis and finals. You brought up a good point in terms of both the old format aren't going to be in a final this year, so it's only going to be potentially one of them, which would be a good tester before this to try fans out. What's conspired, or which we didn't know, is obviously UEFA take control of Hamden before the final, and it looks like there will be no fans allowed in the stadium. What's your thoughts on this? I've seen a lot of guys saying, why can't we switch um, venue then? Yeah, it's disappointing, to be honest. I'm... I don't know how much I believe in this statement that's get put out that the, the stadium needs to be handed over on the 14th of May for the match that will be getting played on the 15th of June. Um, because if you think about it, Wembley are hosting their FA Cup on yeah. the 15th of May and their first game at Wembley is the 14th of June. So yeah. in my mind, surely Wembley has to hand it over as well. I don't know if it's got anything down to do with they need to use Hamden because they need to trial. Like, although there won't be any fans in there, they'll need to trial who'll be helping out, do stuff like that. It's, I don't understand that bit. I don't really trust what's been said there. I don't know why they can't move it to somewhere else. If, it is, if it's definitely the case that Hamden can't be used, for, like fans can't get any Hamden for the Scottish Cup final, I don't see why it shouldn't be moved. Particularly if, for example both Rangers and Celtic don't make the final. Say it was your a Hibs and a St. Johnston get to the final. 
would it not make more sense to play it in Murrayfield rather than getting yeah. a drone to come across to Glasgow and things like that? So I really think they should be looking to move it because it'd be. I think we need to kind of get our own ducks in order in terms of seeing how we're going to cope with the UEFA Euros when they come round. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, I, I, I thought it was a, a perfect opportunity to get fans back in to test, especially with the two of them not meeting each other in the final. If they, if, if they can't use Hamden, and I know you've used the example of Wembley, and I find it weird. You've got Ibrox sitting there, you've got Parkhead sitting there, you've got Murrayfield. Why not use them? I, I, I find it a bit baffling. It, nothing shocks me with Scottish football, to be honest. I think they will try a test, but I think they'll use one of these small clubs, to be honest. Like uh, I heard Dungeon United, Mickey Mellon going on about, oh, we, we'll be a tester. And I could see them maybe using one of these clubs because they get, how many fans do they even get a home game? They can't fill the ground. So I could see them using one of them. And it wouldn't surprise me that if Rangers and Celtic didn't get to the final for some reason and one of these, two of these other clubs did, they did do it somewhere else. It wouldn't surprise me. But... Yeah. I know on that roadmap that the Scottish Government have set out, they've kind of put in the 17th of May is when the date when Kenny out like events can be held inside with limited capacity. But that they've said themselves the date's not set in stone, but I don't really see them bringing the date forward. It's more, it's not set in stone so they can push it further back. Um, that's disappointing. You would like to think we could get some folk in. We'll wait to see. Such stuff might change in the you know the next yeah. month. Yeah, need to play it by ear and see what happens. There's, there's, a, there's a, a wee while to go before we before we hit the cup final and obviously hopefully the Rangers will be there. But yeah, moving on to the last bit of news, which obviously you can take away Scotia, is the the COVID five. So there's been an update on that. There has been, yes. Well, so earlier in the week, we found out obviously that we'd appealed it on the Friday. Was it last Friday we appealed the, yeah. their bans? Um, and then we were going to sit down to record this pod on Wednesday night um, and thank goodness we didn't because it transpired that um, the hearing that's been set by the SFA is for the 20th of April so that means that these five players will, if we're being honest, two three players um, will be available for selection for the Hibs game at the weekend and for the game in the Cup against Celtic next Saturday or the following Saturday so uh, that's ideal. I, I laughed a lot when I heard seen this come out. Yeah, I was extremely, I was extremely surprised when I seen the day. I, because I, I had the fear we'd potentially be playing Balogun at right back. I know you'll come on to the presser, but I had the fear of Balogun at right back, and they would target again. But to know that Parson can definitely play in that game is, um, I brightened my mood, and I was uh, very happy. I know the other side of the city were having a wee moan, but. That moves us quite nicely into the, the press conference today. So Stephen Gerrard and um, big Phil Hollander. So what did Stevie G, did Stevie G say? Yeah, yeah, I like the press conference today. It was um, it was right up there. I would urge everyone to go and watch it if you can. It's one of those press conferences that was really good. Sometimes I think the only thing I watch the press conference for is sort of injury updates. But today's was was really good and. A lot of stuff that gets mentioned we've kind of talked on, so we can maybe dive into that again a bit deeper. Um, so, yeah, Stevie G was out um, and he got asked a few questions. Um, so he talked about the, obviously, the boycott of social media and the 
players and management deciding to do that. Um, so support Stevie said is that you know we want to keep this as, as, this issue in the spotlight, um, so that someone takes notice of it. You know, obviously Rangers themselves won't change anything, but the longer we keep it in the spotlight, the more likely the change will be made, and that's yeah. really what what they're, what they're going for. And that, and yeah, so he, talk, he talked in quite a bit of detail about that. Then, yes, yeah, sort of introducing legislation, whatnot. Uh, on the team updates, um, it was really just um, Ryan, Jack, and Tavish. Who's obviously Jack went for down to London, I think it was, to see a specialist. Yeah. So they're due to find out today, um, later today. So obviously, it might come out over the weekend, but I, I doubt we'll find out more till maybe after the game on on Sunday. But it, we'll find out about that. And then Tav, he said, he's got an outside chance of playing against Celtic. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he will. And the fact that Patterson's now available to play, um, there's no need to rush Tav back, I don't think. Yeah, yeah no, just quickly on the Tav one, I, I heard him say that. I, From what he's saying, I, there's maybe an outside chance he could possibly be in the bench, Tav. I don't... I mean, the Scottish Cup is a priority for us right now, but... I wouldn't want to rush him back and him get injured. And we're going to get Parson, which is an able deputy there. So, yeah, we'll just need to wait and see what happens from there. So, aye, what else was there? Yeah, so, I mean, he was asked about us having Parson available, a boost. And he was like, yep, it's a boost. You always want your players, all your players fit and available. Um, and he admitted that he was a bit surprised um, by the SFA um, coming out and setting the date for, for the 20th. And then that leads quite nicely into what he was asked about next because he was asked about John Kennedy's comments um, <laughs> the other day in his press conference about it and what, yeah, what he was saying is he was obviously surprised by it but it's not up to Rangers to decide when these hearing dates are set, it's down to the SFA and what goes on in the minds of the SFA is a bit of a, a who knows what goes on um, so he, he kind of agrees with what John Kennedy was saying in his press conference in terms of the inconsistencies that the SFA seem to be making, I think we've mentioned ourselves Numerous times yeah. on these pods that they don't know. They just point in one direction and go, yep, today we'll do that. Um, so he does understand stand, um, John Kennedy's frustrations. Then he had a wee bit of a wry smile while he, while he says he would be frustrated if any good players were available to face us. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I like that. And then keeping, keeping the, the Kenny Covid players in in line, um, David Edgar from Heart and Hand was on and he brought up Celtic's Dubai trip and does that increase <laughs> Stevie G's own frustration? Um, I think Stevie came out and said, you know, he's not he's not frustrated with, with Kennedy's comments itself. Um, you know, he, he agrees with them and the inconsistencies, but he goes in in quite some length about the Dubai trip. Nothing happened from it. Yeah. The only, I think he said the only thing that happened was we no one can go in training camps anymore. It kind of happened and nothing got done. He says, you know, you can clearly see pictures of them. There's no social distancing rules weren't have been adhered to and whatnot. Um, yeah, so he's saying he's not wasn't really happy with that. He reiterated that he's he's in agreement with Kennedy in the respect that there's inconsistencies. But he talked about the COVID five and he feels, you know, he's the only one that knows what's really went on. Um, and he feels that everything's not been taken into account clearly. I know we spoke off air, I heard in the Heart and Hand flagship show on Monday. My Kenny's suspicions kind of get confirmed with what they were saying in the Heart and Hand show that 
because it's, they've not went out to a party. It's been it's been a breach of the rules, and Stevie G was saying yes, so they deserve punishment. Um, but there's it's probably not as severe as what they're getting getting given in terms of bans. So he thinks that needs to be looked at and taken into account of hence why we're appealing. Yeah, I, I, th- I think he was alluding to basically that the SFA make bans up as they go along. To be honest, there's no set structure. To be honest, so and I can see I can see Kennedy's point, and obviously Stephen Gerrard can see it. I did quite like when he had a wee go at the Dubai one. I mean, uh, David Edgar was quite brave going in with that one. It could have went two ways for him, but it went the right way for him. But um, yeah, no, it was quite good for Gerard. He had a wee bit of a smirk on him as well, and he he knows it's riling them up, so that's it's good. So yeah, was there anything else? Um, just get asked about the Hibs game coming up. Um, well, it was early the toughest team we faced. He said all the games we faced are tough. Yeah, you know, any kind of response you'd expect Gerard to come out with is very media savvy, yeah. obviously. No, they are a good team. They're in a Euroleague position in the league. Get really good players, etc. We said, and then a couple of other questions. Really, the main one went back to the social media stuff. The, the boycott, obviously, and could teams in Scotland together do something more? And yeah, he said, yeah, they could, but it's it's up to clubs themselves what to do. We are not demanding it. The other clubs follow suit or anything like that. But you know, he, he knows the efforts that are being put in, in across all clubs throughout Scotland. You know, yeah. to deal with things like this. Yeah. Um, the only other one he touched on was um, the Hamden in the cup final issue. He was just wanting fans back in all grounds as soon as possible, really. But he did say it was it was great news for for Scotland, obviously, because some lucky fans will get the chance to attend the game this summer. Yeah, no, it was quite a good press conference. I mean, he didn't really talk much about the game. It was all these other issues they were having a go at. Um, so. Yeah, no, it was quite good, Gerard. Today, uh, C's had a haircut as well. He was he was looking good today, Gerard. Um, and then obviously, yeah, I've had one too. Which you can see, obviously, you've had yours cut too. So hi, feeling a bit better. But yeah, and then it was on to big Phil Hollander as well. His was a wee bit quieter, but anything come from that? Yeah, there's a couple of points that he, he asked. Um, kind of questions you would expect. And um, they asked about the unbeaten season. Um, how, how, how's that affecting the team and he did say you know it's something that we have discussed but we're taking it one game at a time it's been that mantra all season one game you know, at a time do you, do you know what he should have said he should have <laughs> said well if oh. he just plays me the rest at the end of the season he'll be unbeaten <laughs> <True>. <laughs> yes indeed yes indeed yeah so that then get brought into the Kenny again under the boycott because that's obviously quite big news at the moment obviously just coming out last night um, and he said, yep, yeah, all players are behind it. And the main aim of it is Kenny reiterating what DVG had said in terms of getting the higher authorities to Kenny take action on it. Um, perhaps along with other clubs he did mention as well. Then we, we were speaking about it earlier, the comments that you'd seen in Kamara's phone. He was asked about that and how it's affected the other players. And I think you could see, if you watch the, the, the conference here, you can see... Um, I think he finds it quite hard to answer the question, um, Hellander. He says, you know, it's difficult to say if they are affected because they're strong characters. Yeah, and he was saying that you bet it could perhaps affect people that are a bit more fragile. Um, and it's one of the main reasons why they've taken the, the um, decision to boycott social media um, for the week because, yeah, I can get where he's coming from. That it is difficult to say because people put on brave faces. If something's 
upsetting them and you know you don't know what's how it is affecting someone unless you can really get in and speak to them so yeah difficult one there for him um all the squad sticks together um talked about you know like similar to gerard about the boycott stuff that does he want to see other clubs get involved but he said yeah they could if they can but there's a number of things that you can do it doesn't need to be a social media boycott there's lots of different things we could do so then he was asked about the hip stuff as well um sorry and yeah, one of the questions he got asked about them was are they the hardest team that were faced and as he said they, they, they caused us um, problems in the past um so he's i think from his answer i think he tends to think that they probably have been a, one of the more difficult teams that we've had to face and from his perspective and um, yeah that was pretty much oh, the last thing he got asked about how important it was that Tav signed and he said yeah it's been brilliant the, the influence that Tav has on and off the pitch um has been massive for the team this season yeah no, that's pretty much it yeah no he speaks well big fellow Hollander he's his English is brilliant. Unless from Sweden, all the Scandinavian countries can speak English really, really well. So, no, no, it was good for Big Phil. But that, that leads into obviously this Sunday, three o'clock kickoff, um, the visit of Hibs. They've had a mixed form. Hibs looking at in the last three league games, they've um, drawn against Livy, they've won a game against Ross County and lost against St Johnston. The last game they obviously won was the the Scottish Cup, which was three one against Queen of the South. There's seven points clear of Aberdeen in third place. Aberdeen are terrible. I watched them against them against Dumbarton last week, and I think they've scored two goals in 11 games. Aberdeen, so I think Hibs have nothing to worry there. I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit of a free hit for Hibs on Sunday. To be honest, I think Hibs will come out and play the way they always play against Rangers. I like Hib. I don't like Hibs as a club, but I like the way they play football. They come and try and play football. Use a good game against Hibs, and. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it'll be a decent game. I mean, in terms of us, with the, with the Celtic game coming up, when we'll come on to the lineups, what we think, it's um, it's a difficult one because there's a lot of players that haven't played minutes in terms of the international break. Your, your Kent, Goldson's obviously a few of them. Our main players haven't played, so we'll come on to the teams. But I think they'll come back in to to be ready for the. The Celtic game. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on this game coming up? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, the, the post split games tend to be the hardest because you're playing against the best teams. The league's won. We won, won the league over a month ago, um, so there isn't you know there isn't a huge there's there's pressure in the game because we want to get this unbeaten run, but there's not the trepidation you would maybe have if the, the title was still on the line. It's done yeah. and dusted. Um, so looking forward to it, yeah. You, as you speak about, you know, where Hibs are in the table, it won't happen. But they are this weekend could be the when Celtic like secures second place. But at the moment, Hibs mathematically are still within that touching distance of claiming second. It'll never happen. But that's in the, all in the, always in the back of my mind in terms of how a team's going to play. Um, you know that they've they've still unrealistically got a chance, but there is a very slight chance. That, you know they, they could close the on in in Celtic. Yeah, I, 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 Hibs have got no chance of closing in Celtic. I I think they'll be looking at third. Third is what they want. I think they'll they'll be looking at Aberdeen, thinking Aberdeen potentially will take probably nothing off of us and nothing off of Celtic. So 
Hibs probably just need a win somewhere. Maybe even a draw would do Hibs in the next five games to secure it. So, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what what I was thinking, because I think, personally, I think third place is secured for them, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I'm looking forward to the game. It should be good. It's three o'clock, isn't it? It's three o'clock on a Sunday. So, teams, who's going first? Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I can go first if you want. Um, right, batter yeah. in with your team. Right, so it's not changed from really what I'd selected when we were about to do this on Wednesday. It's McGregor right. and goals. Okay. line of Patterson, Goldson, Barisic. In fact, it has changed. I think. No, it's not. Balog- I think Balogun will play in centre half along with Goldson. Uh, midfield of Davis, Kamara, and Aribo. And then right. Kent Morelos and Wright up front. I'd go with. Ooh, yours is nearly the same as mine. Mine's McGregor and goal, a back four, a pass and Goldson. I think Balogun will come back in as well because Hollander's played a lot of football, especially with the international too. I've got a feeling Bassey might play at left back. I, I know Barisic took a knock. I don't know how bad the knock was, but if it was, I wouldn't risk him. There's no point. So I would play Bassey there. And I've got the, the same front six as you. I've got Aribo, Davis, Kamara, Wright, Morelos, Kent, which is, I've been dying to see Wright, Morelos, Kent. I think that is a frightening front line. And if that clicks against Hibs, I think that'll be the, the front three against Celtic um, next mm. week. So, yeah, that's uh-huh. that's not bad. We actually picked the same team there. So, yeah, I, I'd completely forgotten about Barisic. And then, obviously, we held under doing the press conference this morning. I was like, mm, does that suggest he'll play but then I've remembered there's been a quite that a few occasions when rain yeah that's happened before where they've got players out and it's maybe just their turn to do it regardless of if they're playing or not yeah um, Plus it could, I think Balogun could do with getting some game time in case he's needed for the, the uh, cup game in terms of coming off the bench or yeah, starting that was my thoughts on it Hollander played a lot of the games for Sweden He's came back, played a game. So it, to me, it made sense to rest Hollander for this game and bring Balogun back in for a minute. So, yeah, we'll need to see what happens. But what's your... Um, if I'll go first with score predictions, I'm going 3-1 Rangers, Morelos to score the first goal. Um, interesting. I've went 2-0 Rangers. I think, yeah, a win. Um, don't think I've went for anything other than a win when I've been doing these. Um, in terms of goal scorers, I go for a wee Goldson. Goldson goal to start us off. A Goldson goal? Wow. Yeah, we'll need to wait and see what happens. But yeah, I think that wraps things up nicely. That's, that's us covered quite a lot today. And there's been a lot of points today. Hopefully Carney can um, sit back and listen to it. We've done him proud for our, our first show together, Scotia. So I think it went reasonably well. So, yeah, I'd like to say thanks to all the listeners. Obviously, you could like, share. We're trying to get our um, subscribers up on YouTube as well. So if you could do that, that would be appreciated. Um, you can listen to us on Apple, Acast, and Spotify as well. So, yeah, we have been Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. I'd like to thank. Thanks for your time, Scotia. Yeah, thanks very much, Pearson. It wasn't, um, wasn't as big a disaster as I thought it might have been. <laughs> no, I think it was not too bad, but, yeah. Yeah, thanks very much to everyone. We have been Rangers and Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. And yeah, we will see you for the aftermatch of the Hibs game on Sunday. Thanks. Bye.